This is the Mental Debriefing Podcast with your hosts, Peter Tam and Leslie Q. Okay, welcome. Today's date is uh, June 21, 2018, and it's around 8 p.m. at night. With me, we have um, my co-host, Leslie. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to the one person that is listening to <laughs> Thank you, Frank, for listening to this podcast. We're not editing that out. <laughs> I'm the other co-host, Peter Tam. So it's been quite a warm week, the start of summer. And Father's Day was last Sunday. So how was your Father's Day, Leslie? It was really nice. Um, I spent time with my dad. We went to Chili's, which was nice. And then we also went to go visit Frank. He was working the EID Festival, which is a Muslim cultural event in Anaheim. And unfortunately, there were some protesters that were there saying very vulgar statements uh, to these people, which was really unfortunate. So Frank had to be there to make sure that no fights broke out. But I did get an opportunity to spend some time with him and my dad. So that was nice. What about you, Peter? How was your Father's Day? Um, My Father's Day was a uh, non-event. I had real estate-related activities to partake in. Uh, my client wanted to look at houses on Sunday. The end result of that was um, I had to show them houses on Father's Day, and then I had to write an offer on Father's Day so I couldn't go home to see my dad. But um, overall, it was cool. Um, he understands. So. I'm nope. sure he's really proud of you. And I also want to <laughs> commend you for your blog this week. I thought it was really informative. So good job. I oh. think they're getting better. Every week. Oh yeah, they they used to be kind of brutal, but um, there's uh, you have to. <laughs> Didn't you lock yourself in the office one week? How did you? What happened? Uh, Who um, we're not gonna talk about that. We are, <laughs> we are gonna edit this part out. So. Um, uh, you're no fun. Because um, I don't want to bring that up. Because <laughs> I work there, so I don't want to bring that up. Okay, let me stop this really quick. Okay, continuing on here, so we had a good Father's Day. Um, I mean, my Father's Day was work-related, but um, yeah, it was nice. And uh, let's see what's next on the agenda here to discuss. Um, oh yeah, the there was an article a few days ago that the uh, CDC has declared that the least amount of people in the world smoke right now. I mean, not in the world, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, smoke. So how do you feel about that? Cigarettes. Mm. 14%. It's at 14% right now? Yes. Okay. I think that's great. I wonder what's influencing or contributing to that decrease. <clears throat> Did you choose to not smoke or you just never got into it? Um, I never got into it. My dad used to smoke uh, when I was younger. And I remember one day he came up to me and he said, do you know what smoking does to your lungs? (laughs) And I remember I was really young and I already knew what smoking did to your lungs. And I was shocked that my dad, who was an adult, did not know that. And he stopped smoking after that it was just like this realization that he had which was really funny and I just never never got into smoking or drugs I think because I was also always really scared that I would get addicted as well and I didn't want to engage in those unhealthy behaviors because I I can have an addicting addictive personality I think but I didn't want to engage in those type of behaviors what about you did you ever smoke um I, uh, smoking looks cool, so I think a lot of people start smoking because it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never got into smoking. Uh, well, I 
there was a period where social smoking was really cool. So I went to the um, to the market and bought one pack of Parliament cigarettes, and then I put it in the uh, glove compartment of my Acura RSX, and then. I was never able to finish smoking that pack. <laughs> I, I found out that when you smoke, you always want to spit. Hmm. It's, it's a weird feeling. So then, well, now I know why a lot of this, the Asian smokers and stuff, they, uh, they spit while they smoke because you have that desire in you to do so. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I've never been a big smoker. Um, and I've never finished that pack of cigarettes, so I never got into smoking. Do you have any thoughts on why there's been a decrease? Um, Do you know why? Well, there's uh, people now realize that smoking is not good for you. And uh, it looks less cool now. So, Do you think people are substituting smoking with other vices? Yeah, the the media. Well, I don't. I shouldn't say the media, but um, in society, it's now smoking cigarettes versus smoking marijuana has uh, switched places. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to smoke marijuana now, mm-hmm. uh, recreationally and medicinally, and it's not seen as a vice, whereas smoking cigarettes is, which is completely weird, because. Both of them are smoking hydrocarbons into your lungs. But apparently there's a bunch of medicinal benefits with uh, smoking marijuana. So who am I to say? I believe smoking any type of substance is a human right. Mm -hmm. And often I clash with um, hardcore non-smokers regarding that. I like to... uh, I respect people's right to smoke because the American Indians, the tribes, they were smoking... 1,000 years before the uh, the evil white man came to North America. <laughs> Take it for what it's worth. I think smoking's... Uh, I agree. I think people should be allowed to smoke if that's what they wish to do. I don't appreciate when people smoke around me because I've chosen not to smoke and I don't want to inhale um, their fumes, so... I appreciate when they do it in the comfort of their own home. Interesting. What about you, Peter? Is uh, what's new? What's new? There's nothing new. Um, Did you go to a salsa event recently? Oh yeah, I went to the salsa event. One of the uh, monthly IE social events. IESocial.org. Um, yeah, there was a superhero theme, so as as per usual, whenever that happens, I dress up in my, um, I have some onesies, I have two, <laughs> two Batman onesies and one Superman onesie, and then, um, yeah, I like wearing those, because when I was a kid, I used to wear, like, onesies to sleep, so I've, I've grown up with those. I'm a Why big onesie fan. Superman versus Batman that night? Well, in a cl- people wear a lot of dark colored stuff, and and then in the, even though it's at a dance studio, they they do adjust the light so it's darker. Mm-hmm. I always enjoyed wearing more brighter type of outfits. That's just in general, not just the dress up. So I, I and then the weather wasn't crazy hot that night, so the Superman outfit was a bit warmer. So I I wouldn't overheat. I mean, there wasn't fear of overheating because the weather was cooler, so I could wear it. Because usually when the weather is hot, you definitely don't want to wear that that thing. Because I ran a half marathon once. <laughs> well, I, I had in a Batman uniform, in a Batman onesie, and it was brutal. <laughs> Brutally hot. Even though it was like a cold... For Southern California, it was like a colder day, but then I was wearing a onesie, and it was uh, very... Very warm. Did you meet anyone? Oh, well, I, I mean, meet anyone where? At the social event. That's also the Well, yeah, I, t- I talked to people and had them on Facebook and then all that stuff. But was there any f- 
follow up, unfortunately, no. But um, yeah, we, we we I think we've discussed it. Um, there are certain issues in in the Latin dance community because um, you have a uh, illusion of supply. <laughs> what so, does that mean? So, an so, illusion of supply. Oh, okay. I, I yes, understand yes. what you're saying. It seems like, oh my god, there's, uh, there's women everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And then, but then there really isn't. But I think it's great that you go to these events and you put yourself out there. And at the very least, you meet different people and make friends, and that's always a plus. Yes, yes. It's important to meet friends. Um, a lot of my uh, State Farm friends live in Orange County, so I never talk to them. And then a lot of my high school friends live in Orange County, so I don't talk to them. Well, I do, like, online and all that, but um, it's... It's important to keep meeting new people. And then, you know, when you tell someone from Orange County to roll out today in the Empire, they're less than excited to do so. <laughs> whereas, whereas they expect it in the Empire person to always come down to Orange County. So it's a different type of dynamic. <clears throat> well, in other news, um, Frank and I joined a new MMA gym. I'm really excited about that. We went to three different MMA gyms, uh, 10th Planet, King's MMA, and then the one that we decided on. They were all really good, but it came down to price. These gyms are, really, are pretty pricey. They're about $130, um, but the gym we decided on, it was, um, it was reasonably priced, and it was clean, which is really important because a lot of these uh gyms don't really clean their mats really well which is which really bothers me because there's a lot of people sweating and that really grosses me out but this gym seemed really clean and uh we're really excited we've uh, attended a few muay thai classes and that's been really fun something for us to do together i noticed you named two gyms but then you didn't name the gym that you actually joined <laughs> it's a uh, point mma in uh yeah in orange county Okay, point MMA, so <laughs> if you want to meet Leslie. But yeah, we're, really, we're looking forward to it. and So it's one, 130 per person? Or no, is there a couple one, discount? This one, um, they had a grand opening. They just opened not that long ago, so they had a special, which was uh, $85 a month for unlimited um, Muay Thai and kickboxing and cardio kickboxing classes so that was a really great deal that that special ended uh last saturday okay so you're now kicking girls in the uh in the thighs and stuff well i've been mostly paired with frank so that's been interesting because frank is a lot taller than me and a lot stronger so i have to constantly remind him not to uh, not to kick and punch that hard <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've been mostly paired with him, except for today, I was actually paired with another female that was about my size, so that was really nice, because yeah. it was um, it was just a lot easier to like hold the mitts, and... Are your legs bruised up? No, but my arm is, kind of. I don't know if you can see. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. that's all due to Frank. Thanks, Frank. Okay. What about you, uh, Peter? Uh, Have you been working out? Um, I am a... Uh, Planet Fitness fan. So, my whole gym journey, I've um, I've signed up to multiple gyms. You know, I mean, freaking we're in our thirties now, so I've uh, I've had a long history of signing up to gyms and then um, kind of flaking halfway through. But with Planet Fitness, because they have stocks to buy, so I bought their stock. As well as sign up for their gym. And they have freaking massage chairs. They have a massage bed. Um, they don't have basketball courts. They don't have any of the uh, the pool, the sauna, none of that. They have massage chairs, a massage bed. And then they have all the usual your weights and all that stuff. Um, for 22 bucks a month. Um, so, And then they have these big words. You belong. You, you can't wear muscle shirts. You know, you, you you can't aggressively yell like most people do at the gym. So they're 
I like their mission because they're trying to attract the statistics show that the 80% of the U.S. population is not signed up to any type of gym at all. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's a lot higher than so, I thought. So they're trying to go after those people. You know, the, the hardcore, you know, the CrossFitters, um, bodybuilders, those are not the type of market they're trying to market to um, because they have restrictions. You can't, you can't yell, you can't scream, all that kind of stuff. You can't wear... Uh... So they're trying to go after the 80% that... Um, I know this sounds like commercial, but they're trying to go after the 80% that aren't currently in gyms. So it's it's a more encouraging environment, I guess. So that's what that's what I like. And then I believe in their mission because they're actually trying to go after the people that actually need to go to the gym. So it's, it's a cool environment. How long have you been a member? Since January. Because I, I was going to Las Vegas and then I was going to sign up for my little short-term short-term residency in Las Vegas. <laughs> and then I, I was going to sign up to one of those Las Vegas gyms, but um, the price was inhibitive. So I looked up Planet Fitness and it was cool. And then they had stocks. So. And how frequently do you go to the gym? Uh, twice a week. That's pretty good. And what do you do? Do you do weights, treadmill? Um, I don't do any, well, um, I don't do treadmills because I like running on the outside. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to polish off uh, these really skinny arms that I have. It's, it's been a struggle for 15 years, but it's, mm -hmm. it's uh, moving along now. And then there's been new research that says that um, the weight there's there's several there's some YouTube videos that I watched also. Um, the weight that you uh, it doesn't matter if you lift heavy weights or light weights because there's always been a debate. People that go to gym always have this debate: Is it better to do heavy weights but short reps or a lot of reps of light weights? And then it turns out it's equal. You just with the lighter weights and more reps, you just need to do it till you're tired. Same as with the heavy weights. Both of them, you need to do it till you're tired. Um, so once I found that out, it's uh, it's been very motivating for myself. Because I, I like to do the uh, lift very heavy weights. I like to do more frequency. I like to do like 30 reps of something and then, and then uh, move on. So yeah, it's a cool place. Okay. And you enjoy it. And that's what's most important is that you actually enjoy what yeah. you're doing. It's cool. Yeah, I think that's it's really important that people enjoy what they're doing. I've been doing um, kickboxing since I was 14 off and on, so almost 20 years now. So it's something that I, I really enjoy. It's never been about, like, um, losing weight or anything it's just it's always it's a way for me to relieve stress and I just feel so much better afterwards so if you got into a fight with a woman that weighs the equal amount that you do or in that neighborhood <laughs> would you be able to beat her up uh I don't know I can't answer that question I love I, I love uh, kickboxing and Muay Thai. I love obviously watching it. We've uh, talked about UFC in the past, but I'm not necessarily an aggressive person. I would have a really difficult time hitting someone like in the face and I would really struggle with that. I am not confrontational at all, so I don't know how I would do if uh, I got into a fight. But I hope I'm never in that situation. Okay, I hope so too. <laughs> But but you uh, you do partake in sparring, so um, do you feel that? I I mean, when you spar, you're more it's more close to real life. So yeah, than... I, and you're you're always learning something new. So this week we were sparring, and the coach he did sound like I I never seen that move before, and. I totally fell, like he dropped me. It was so, um, and I, out of just, it, I just, I said, ow, even though it didn't hurt, but it just was like a, a react, like an innate reaction that I had. 
but I was so humbled because everyone was like, oh, your technique is so good. How long have you been doing this? And I felt like, oh, you know, like I, I know most of this, like I, I know I, I have this down, but I was really humbled by that experience because I had never seen that before, but I learned something new that day, oh. which was really cool. Interesting. Why don't you do martial arts? I partake, partook in uh, Shaolin Kung Fu Long Fist for a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. Basically when I was a kid I'm in Chinese school, I took like uh, several years of that. That's why I have these really uh, huge thunder thighs <laughs> that you uh, see in front of you. It's um. I don't think that the, that has anything to do with the, it. The, the, the stands, there's a lot of low stands in in um in kung fu so uh that's that's what they mainly stress on oh yeah your stance is too high blah 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 so um there's a lot of low stands and then that's how you build up these uh really large thighs and and um the calf muscle <laughs> i i don't know if it helps towards getting taller or it actually makes you shorter or any of that stuff but um yeah i have a pretty good base as they like to say um, unfortunately, girls, you know, they don't check out the thigh or the calf muscle or any like that stuff. It's all upper body. <laughs> or else I'd be like a bodybuilder. Oh my god, look at those thunder thighs. <laughs> the world doesn't work like that. Sorry. Mm -mm. Oh, I disagree, but... <laughs> you disagree on the... On the uh... Well, I mean, you're wearing pants, so you can't see anything. You're wearing jeans. It's like, what the freak, right? So... I, I disagree that women don't notice... <laughs> the opposite sex legs I, as long as they're proportionate I don't know. but mine aren't <laughs> i also did a lot of bike riding when i was a kid um i lived on a street where i was on the bottom of the hill our house and then there was a steady incline up to the top and i used to always ride my bike from the bottom to the top um, that along with uh, martial arts uh, along with kung fu gave me these uh, thunder thighs. You should be proud of your thighs, Peter. Yes, thank you. Okay, and um, there's been a uh, soccer tournament going on called the World Cup, which I've watched like uh, three minutes of because it's Russia time. I mean, they play it in Russia, so everything it takes place like at 8 a.m. in the morning. The Mexico game was 8 a.m. in the morning, so guess what? I was sleeping. I'm not gonna, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, because of the time difference, I haven't been watching much World Cup, um, even though I am a bit of a soccer fan. Do you have any soccer comments? It was really exciting uh, to see that Mexico won. I'll be honest, I did not watch the game. I heard about it. Frank woke up and he watched the entire game, but my dad was super excited and very emotional um, that Mexico won. So looking forward to how they do in the rest of the tournament. Uh, and I did see... I saw another one. Dang it. It was Russia versus... Okay, um, well, I haven't been paying any attention to uh... The, the one World Cup where I paid a lot of attention of was South Africa because they were blowing those fuvuzelas, those <laughs> those horns. Um, that it just made the stadium really loud. Um, I thought it was a really cool environment. Um, unfortunately, I, I mean, that tradition hasn't been passed on to these World Cups and blowing those has, has been banned, but at a lot of venues, but I think it just creates a cool environment. Um, and it should be a good selling point, but um, people want to chant and sing a lot of songs with curse words and all, the, all those types of things instead of blowing the horn. Also the South Africa one, um, Shakira was the, was the main, her song was like the World Cup song, so it was really cool. Um, this time, uh, I don't know who sings it, but um, I haven't been paying attention. Yeah, I love how the fans get so into it. I went to a soccer game in 
Seattle and fans were amazing. And it really, even if you're not a soccer fan, you get into it because the fans are, um, you know, cheering and it's just super exciting. So I love seeing the fans. And I also, well, you have to edit this out. <laughs> but it's funny when they lose, like their team loses, and then you see their facial reactions. It's kind of funny too. We're not editing that. Like when Brazil lost last year. That was, I mean, it was sad. They were good because Brazil's are really good. Too. That was a glorious time. <laughs> but the fans were so sad, so the reactions were priceless. Yeah, it's, it's soccer fans sometimes because I've had Galaxy, well, I had Galaxy season tickets for three years. Um, three seasons and um, yeah the the crowds can get a bit rowdy emotions can run high and then there's a lot of security guards everywhere and then I remember there was a uh, galaxy game versus uh, CD America America is a very famous Mexican team um, and then there was it was gonna. There were several near fights that happened, so it was it was a uh, interesting environment to be in. Galaxy fans versus uh, the uh, America fans, and then both sides were of the same ethnic group. So I'll never <laughs> understand that why people fight at these games. For instance, I think when Mexico played the U.S. team, there was fights that broke out in the stands and people really got hurt as a result of that and I don't understand why people I, I'm sure alcohol has a lot to do with it but why do people put themselves in those situations it's so unfortunate it's supposed to be about I mean yeah I get it you're passionate about your team you obviously get upset if they lose but ultimately it's just a game and there's a mob mentality that takes place because you're with a group, and then there's a lot of group thing that goes on. It's like, oh my god, he's wearing a different color jersey. <laughs> you know, he must be evil. It's kind of like, um, well, it's, you know, it's kind of like uh, you argue about politics or whatever. Oh my god, you know, it's same thing. Some guys wearing a blue uniform, some guys wearing a red uniform. Same thing. And then you guys just argue for no reason, even though you guys probably have 99% in common with the other party. Uh, but he's wearing the wrong color jersey, so let the fights begin. Yeah, and you bring up a really good point as far as groupthink mentality. I, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm against it, or I, I'm sure there's instances where that might be uh, beneficial. But I think it's important that everyone have their own opinion about certain topics, and they voice their own opinion and not feel ashamed or feel that they're that they have to agree with everyone else because they don't want to stand out or they don't want to say something that's going to obviously if you say something or you express your opinion you have to do it in a respectful manner but don't be afraid to voice your opinion in a group setting I agree obviously there are certain safety issues you need to be aware of you don't want to um, start preaching on a topic where you're surrounded by people that might be able to inflict violence on no, you. No, I, I agree with that, but I think if you do it in a respectful manner, then other people should be be okay with that and be able to to also express their opinion, and that's how people have conversations. Yes, conversations are important. And then, you know, most of the time it's you know, the person might turn out to be cool, so. And then the person that you're with the group thing with, it's, they they might have zero in common with you, except for a certain thing that they they think about. Like, the only thing you have is in common is you guys are both LA Galaxy fans. You guys disagree on everything else, but yet you're willing to go fight this other dude that actually has 99% in common with you. He's just a um, another team's fan, a Portland fan. So it's it's weird. And it's okay to ask questions as well. So at work, I, I lead you know certain groups, and we have discussions about certain topics. But I always, uh, well, not always, but I try to always explain to our clients, if you have any questions, feel free to ask me. Just because, you know, I 
I'm getting my master's in this topic doesn't mean I know everything. It's impossible for me to know everything about nutritional science. It's a science and it's constantly evolving. And so I always encourage people to ask questions and, you know, let me know if, if you agree or disagree with what I'm saying. I'm open to everyone's opinion and what they think about a particular topic. Just don't, don't just agree with someone just because, you know, you don't want to, um, you don't want to upset them or because they have this fancy title, like always continue to ask questions. Um, I think in nutrition and food in that area, there's also some of this going on. It's like, what, what team are you on? Are you on the all meat team? Are you on the all veggie team? Are you on the Atkins team, the caveman diet, um, the keto diet? There's so many. And then you just, there's also fruitarians, which are really cool. The fruit-only people. I'm a big fan of them. I'm not sure if the actual term is fruitarian, but um, I think fruits are uh, are very important to one's nutrition. Um, but there's there's all these different camps. It's almost like same as politics. People like to talk about it a lot on on Facebook and Twitter, and it, it can result in conflict. I remember a few years back there was a uh, the juicing thing was really big. Now it's kind of died down. How do you feel about juicing? Well, one of the pitfalls of juicing is that you don't get the fiber that you need. If you want to have a juice every once in a while, that's completely fine. But again, you're not getting the fiber, which is an important nutrient. And you're absorbing a large quantity of, uh, of sugar that's easily absorbed in your bloodstream, which can, um, which triggers in, um, a spike in insulin. So you just have to be careful about that, especially if you have diabetes. But I, and if you want to have a juice every once in a while, but I wouldn't be juicing every single day all the time. Cause I know that there's people who go on these detoxes that could be, uh, somewhat harmful, but mm. there is no, and it's important to realize that there is no one-size-fits-all dietary approach. You have to be an active participant and you have to figure out what works for you because every person is different. You have different genetics, different cultural backgrounds, different, different uh, you know, preferences of food. So you have to do what works for you. And these fad diets that come out or diets like the ketogenic diet, I think they're really interesting. They're interesting to, you know, to read the latest literature on them and the benefits. But whenever there's a diet that says, oh, you have to completely eliminate like a certain, like for example, the ketogenic diet, you're eliminating a whole food group. Well, you can consume about 20 to 50 grams of carbohydrates a day if you're on a ketogenic diet to so go into ketosis. That's about a banana. So you're eliminating a whole, um, you know, a whole food category and carbohydrates give you different uh, vitamins and minerals that you need. I don't know how technical you want to get into this, but we have enzymes that are proteins. And in order for these enzymes to work properly, they need either cofactors or coenzymes, which are either vitamins and minerals. And you get a lot of these from fruits and vegetables, which are carbohydrates. I think when people think of carbohydrates, they only think about breads and pastas, and that's not the case. Um, but they follow these people in hopes that they're gonna look like this person, but you're not gonna look like this person, right? You're uniquely you. So again, you have to do what's best for you. And you have to be careful about who you follow and where you get your nutrition information. Yeah, but I mean, people like to, I mean, if someone's like massively overweight mm -hmm. and it's harder for them to try to claim that they're eating healthy, right? So there is a marketing type of thing. I mean, there's, there's some guy with a six pack and then he's ripped. Mm -hmm. um, he looks healthy. His skin's somewhat tan, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. Like, um... Dr. Josh Axe, um, <laughs> then it's easier to 
I, there's there's more of a correlation. Oh yeah, he follows his own stuff. Look look at him, you know. Mm-hmm. Versus if there's someone that's you know they're not working out fans, but then they know a lot about nutrition. It's hard for the public to perceive. I have to think about this, but yeah, it's it should be it should be stated that just because someone looks good, it doesn't mean that they're very healthy. I mean. And then you also, I think genetics plays a big role in it as well. And the access to food. So there are a lot of people that are food insecure that don't have access to quality food. That's something to take into consideration as well. Okay, I want to argue about this. What? About food insecurity? The term food insecurity and then all this stuff regarding I have no access to to healthy food. Uh Because I've been very opposed (laughs) To that line of thinking because um, I mean if, if you take a quick walk down Ralph's or any type of supermarket that anyone has access to mm-hmm. the fruits and vegetables are cheap so you can buy some boil up some bark broccoli and then throw on some meat and then you have dinner so I don't get all this um, I have no access to healthy food because when you go eat out at a fast food and all the stuff it actually um, the costs are much more than if you go buy more nutritious food at the supermarket so I don't get all this um, I have no access to healthy food I think it's total BS Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I disagree I think there's people that live in cities where they don't live close to a grocery store and the you know the closest store to them like like a convenience store uh like a 7-eleven or something like that and they don't have access to like a trader joe's like for example where i live there's a sprouts there's a trader joe's there's a vons all within a one mile radius of me as opposed to other people where they have you know, fast food and convenience stores, that's what they have access to. There's not a Trader Joe's. There's not a Sprouts located nearby where they can actually, you know, easily go over there, yeah, get their groceries. And then there's people who, you know, they they don't have, they have to take a bus, you know. So what do you do in that situation? Not everyone has a car that they can use to commute. <sighs> Most people have a car. But not everyone does. Yeah, the people that don't have a car are the healthier ones because they actually walk. (laughs) Because they can, because when when you ride the buses, there's a lot of walking involved. Uh And then those are not, like, like there's, uh, this is slightly off topic and we're going on a tangent, but um, there was that story about some, some guy in Cleveland or whatever. I don't know, Midwest somewhere. And then he walked like 20 miles a day to get his work, or 10 miles or 20 miles or whatever. And then it became a big media story. Oh my God, this guy walks in the snow for like 10 miles to get to work every day back and forth. And then, um, so a GoFundMe was set up and then (laughs) it raised enough money for him to buy a car, a nice car, because it became a national story. So then he he got the car and then he gained a hundred pounds. <laughs> so are you sure he gained a hundred? He gained a hundred pounds because he didn't have to walk. He didn't have that intense um, daily workout anymore because he drove the work, work instead of walking ten miles to work. And you're basing this off of where you live, right? You've only lived in California. You've never lived in any other state. So you don't know what it's like to live in the Midwest. You don't know what it's like to live in a different state where it's completely different. And so you can't say that this is, you know, that everyone has the same access to to food, like, you know, going being able to go to groceries because that's not the case. Yeah, but those other states, the cost of living is cheaper. So they actually have more money to go spend on the, the quote-unquote um, nutritious foods. I mean, even in these poor areas, you can uh, there's ethnic markets. And then the ethnic markets, there's also a vegetable section. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's it's a cultural thing because certain cultures like um, like in Vietnam, it's like super poor. Rural Vietnam, I know it's the uh, the economy is picking up now, but uh, you know, rural Vietnam is like super poor, but then they eat really healthy. So guess what? It has nothing to do with economics because as I stated before, the fast food actually costs more. Fast food costs more, but also there's an element of convenience. So it's really easy for people to go through a drive through and get something off the dollar menu. For example, McDonald's, they have a dollar menu. I think Wendy's does too, or a lot of these fast food restaurants have these foods that are relatively cheap and they're convenient. A lot of people are really busy, so it's hard for them to have to find the time to plan ahead and make meals for themselves because they're working two jobs and that's something that we need to to think about the societal issue okay um on that topic let's i just then the reason i bring that up is because when people look at someone who is overweight or obese they assume that this person is lazy that this person is gluttonous that this person they are gluttonous no, because that's not the they case. they they made a choice to eat what they taste good instead of what's good for you. And that's a very naive way of thinking because you're not taking into consideration different factors that are involved. It's what not what that, factors? That's a very simplistic view, and we shouldn't assume. So, uh, and on yeah, the opposite yeah, I, side of the spectrum, there's someone who is. Who is thin, but does that necessarily mean that they're healthy? No, they smoke a lot. Okay, so <laughs> just uh, making an assumption about someone based off of the way that they look and assuming that they're either healthy or unhealthy uh, or lazy, you can't make assumptions based off of someone's size. Well, I'm, I mean, there's, I'm, I'm a fan of... I shouldn't say fan, but I, I appreciate shapes and sizes of all people. <laughs> but there's even even if that regarding that there's more extreme weights. Yeah, I know some people their genetics or whatever they're more curvy, but that doesn't account for you being four hundred pounds. Well, in those cases where someone is clinically obese, more than likely they're. They might have a binge eating disorder, and you have to figure out well, what's causing that. And a lot of times, it's people they they restrict certain foods and then they binge on them. But when they finally um, allow themselves to have those foods, there's a lot of different factors that are involved. And I don't agree with the simplistic, oh, just exercise more and eat less. There's a lot more issues, a lot more factors that are involved. People don't know how to cope with their feelings and they use food to cope. And I think that's a huge issue that a lot of people don't really think about is learning how to cope with their emotions and also disassociating emotional hunger versus physical hunger is something that people need to learn how to tease apart. Okay, so do you find certain foods? You were talking previously regarding um, if there's any good foods or bad foods. How do you feel about that subject? Okay, so it's important that we disassociate morality from food. So when you categorize food as either good versus bad, healthy versus unhealthy, unhealthy, some people internalize those messages. So when they have food that's unhealthy or that's bad or that is labeled as junk food, they in turn think that it's that they're unhealthy or that they're bad. And that's that's not the case. Food should be neutral. So even if like for instance, when you were you said you were really into nutrition, right? And you were reading up on it and you were following these these different people that were Dr. Michael Tiger, yes. Or even like, let's say Joe Rogan, right? So Joe Rogan, he's, um, you know, he's into nutrition, he's into physical health. 
even he says every once in a while he'll have whatever he wants, right? Like a donut or something like that, right? That's okay. Like those foods are okay in moderation. If you're having, you know, whatever, whatever you want to have, like a, you know, chocolate or whatever it's like labeled as unhealthy or junk. Mm-hmm. If you have that every once in a while in moderation, that's okay. No one's saying that you can have that all the time every single day not at all but it's okay to have those things in moderation oh yeah the moderation part is is where people um slip up i think mm-hmm. because they have one cheat day and they end and up then, having two cheat days then like, they end up having three cheat days there shouldn't be any cheat days it should be like hey you know what today i'm gonna have whatever like whatever let's just i keep saying donut whatever but if you want to have that donut like on a sunday when you're out with whatever whoever you just want to have a donut that's okay it doesn't have to be a cheat day and you don't have to feel like ashamed for having that it's okay and especially if you're having it as part of like a balanced meal i think that's something else that people can work on is incorporating those foods as part of a balanced meal because you satisfy that craving and you are also satiated because you're having a balanced meal as well yeah it's well i want to bring it back to a a previous thing to to make a comment regarding um what we just touched up on oh and then you discussed i'll sorry i'm bringing this back to a person like let's say someone's physically fit and they're telling you to follow let's just say for example the ketogenic diet it's important that people they do their their research and understand what the we don't know what the long-term health implications are so if you do like a literature review on PubMed and you research the ketogenic diet you have to be a critical consumer of nutrition information so look at who's funding this research for example I found uh, a journal article about a very low carbohydrate diet and it was funded by the Atkins Foundation so obviously they're the fact that they re- they funded this research, it makes you think about the results and it makes it, it's something to think about. Does that make sense? Like you have to think like that's why it's important that you review the research and the literature to make sure that it's accurate, figure out who's funding it. And that's an important aspect as well. Yeah, but I mean, the scientists, it's just not like it's funded by person X and then the mm-hmm. science the scientists have no responsibility, right? They also, even if it's funded by, let's say, um, a certain industry, the, the the grain industry or whatever, they still need to come up with some scientific facts to, to back that claim up regardless, right? Because it's, it's published, so someone needs to replicate those results, right? Yeah, reproducibility is a... A big component but when you look at the literature too in regards to the ketogenic diet yeah it's effective at six months but then when you look at other journal articles or other research studies at one year two years it's not very effective because it's really restrictive and a lot of people can't follow it okay i, I want to and bring... that's why a lot of most diets don't work because they're very restrictive yeah a lot of it is you need to learn to love healthy foods I don't know if it's a cultural thing or whatever, but I mean, Asian people, well, I shouldn't just say Asians, but um, Asian culture, you know, Polynesian culture, they eat fruit for dessert. So they eat a healthy thing for dessert. And then, whereas in Western society, in uh, Mexican society, it's stuff is like really, really sweet. So, <laughs> so um like that, uh, that leche cake. I don't know what's that. Don't. Yes, trace leches. That thing's like crazy, crazy sweet. And then um, your tongue gets used to sweet stuff. So then it just has to eat more and more and more sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's a, you need to make an effort to appreciate and to like stuff that's not so sweet. And because, there was a time when um, I stopped drinking all sodas, all that kind of stuff. And then let's say you don't drink sodas for three months. Mm-hmm. Then you drink a Coke. It's like crazy, crazy sweet. Mm-hmm. So your your body can adapt. Your your taste buds can adapt to the stuff that's uh, less sugary. I also want to bring this back regarding your whole access to food argument. 
Uh-huh. But um, you were saying that they work three jobs and all that stuff. Or people like there are people who have to go to food pantries, and the food that they give out at these food pantries are usually um, pa- like packaged foods that have a long shelf life. So you know that's all that's all that's all that they have, and that's what they have to work with. And that I mean, there's a difference between the quality of packaged foods versus fresh fruits and vegetables. Yeah, but they can still go to the market and. And, uh, it's expensive though. Every time I go to Vons, I don't even go to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods or anything. Like that. I go to Vons. On average, for two people, I spend about $130. And I'm not buying anything ridiculous. I'm buying fruits, vegetables, uh, a rotisserie chicken, some fish, and that's a hundred and that's for two people. Yes. And I again, so that and that's super expensive and that's every week. Yeah, but if you go out and eat fast food, um, you know, assuming 5 to 6 dollars a meal, mm-hmm. that that will be much quicker it, to yeah, 130 dollars. But how many families do you know have that amount of money? If I'm spending 130 dollars for two people every week, how much do you think someone who has a family of four is going to spend? Probably 200 dollars. Not that many people have two hundred dollars every week to spend. So what? Go, huh? What do you mean? Not not that many people have two hundred dollars a week to spend on groceries alone. Yeah, because they eat out all the time. See, there's a disconnect because they eat out a lot, and then they order pizza or whatever mm-hmm. for their kids. Didn't eat out all the time. And then that costs way more than if you go to the market. And then mm-hmm. you you. I mean, how much does a freaking orange cost? Right. But even if they didn't eat out all the time and they were spent, like, who has that type of money or who has that much money every week to spend on groceries? It's still really expensive. Well, because they spend money on different stuff that's unimportant. I mean, they they spend money on TV. Well, I know. (laughs) You're making assumptions about people. Assumptions are true, though. (laughs) No. (laughs) You can't make assumptions. Look, people use air conditioning. I don't use any of that stuff. I don't have cable, and then these quote-unquote, um, these people that don't have two, $120 to spend How on food. How much do you food. spend on groceries? Well, I, um, I spend enough, but, <laughs> but I also eat out a lot. That's but then when you're avoiding the question. But then when I eat out, I, uh, I don't order stuff that's... Um, inherently unhealthy. Even though you know I'm a big fried chicken fan, I I turned into a big Popeyes fan. I, <laughs> I I get it. Right. See, so that's okay. Like every once in a while, you have a fried chicken. Is that going to? Is that going to kill you, or are you all of a sudden like? Yeah, but I but I no. But I order two sides of veggies though. And that's and that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's balance, right? So you're having a fried chicken with some vegetables. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, because you know, I I work DoorDash, uh-huh. and then I deliver um, certain fast foods to people, and then I myself I myself am shocked at uh, how many people still enjoy fast food, and then they spend the extra amount to get it delivered to them, so they don't even have to walk or drive to whatever uh, fast food they don't have to go to the convenience store or to the fast food restaurant they can just get it delivered so that's even more unhealthy so i think there's a lot of uh, lifestyle choices that people make and then they make those choices and then they blame society and then they blame that they don't have access to this and that or not rich enough but then like i said before in some countries you're they're really really poor and then they tend to eat healthier or they have a healthier lifestyle. I, I guess I can blame all this climate control, all this air conditioning um, for a lot of stuff. But uh, And how do you feel after you ate? How did you feel after you ate that fried chicken? I felt good. Okay. Because okay. Uh, meat is good for you. <laughs> yeah, chicken protein. But anyways, I know we have different philosophies regarding nutrition. But we both enjoy healthy foods. Yeah, and it's. I think it's great when you educate yourself about different nutrients. Like, what is the benefits of omega fat? Uh, you know, omega fats or 
omega fatty acids or the difference between complex carbohydrates and simple carbohydrates, I think that's great because you're educating yourself and then that encourages you to have a, more of a variety of different foods. I'm not saying that obviously there's no, there's not a difference between foods. There's foods that have more nutrients than others. But I'm just, all I'm saying is don't feel ashamed of having, you know, a piece of cake every once in a while or a donut every once in a while. Like that's okay. And I think most people do that, but then they say, they try to tell other people like, no, you can't ever have those foods because, you know, that's unhealthy or it's bad for you. When we all know that every once in a while you're going to have these foods. So don't feel ashamed about having these foods every once in a while. Yeah, and uh, one last comment um, regarding foods. We uh, worked at a, um, uh, we worked together at a office environment where there was a lot of food brought in because mm -hmm. we had, there was a lot of food days. Various teams had food days. It, it can get a bit unhealthy. And it's okay to say no, too. I would always say no. It's, you know, and I people would try to make me feel guilty for saying no whenever I didn't want to participate in the potluck. But I just didn't feel like it was necessary to have a potluck every week for some event. Like, for example, oh, and people would make up stuff, too. Like, there was no birthday. There was nothing going on. And people would just be like, let's just have a potluck. Well, and I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to participate in the potluck every week. Yeah, there's, when, when you work in an office, there's a lot of pressure to, because you got a lot of pressure from outside forces, and one of the stress relievers is to eat and uh, eat potluck food, and it's a stress reliever, but um, there's, you were in a... It's a stress reliever? Yes. How is it a stress reliever? Because it, it takes your mind off the the people yelling at you. Oh, eating does. See, and that's another another thing as far as um, coping with your emotions using food. A lot of people do that, and that's what's contributing to the this obesity crisis, if that's what you want to call it, is people use food as a coping mechanism, and that's something that we need to work on. So sometimes, so nutrition, you know, people, um, they follow some fat diet that someone's endorsing, and then part of the evidence to see if it was if they looked the part if they have a six-pack or they have a nice tone to their skin or any of that stuff um some thoughts so well i just want to comment also for example i know there's a lot of people that work in offices and there's potlucks don't feel pressure to eat a food that you don't enjoy eat foods that you enjoy and eat until you're physically full and that's another thing people they'll they eat like whatever's on their plate. They don't pay attention to whether or not they're physically full. We actually have hormones that help regulate our hunger and satiety levels. And I think people understand that. So we have two hormones, leptin and ghrelin. Uh, ghrelin is our hunger hormone and leptin is our satiety hormone. So pay attention to those physical cues. Don't eat everything that's on your plate. Eat until you're actually physically full. People don't oftentimes... Uh, don't pay attention to that. Yes, I agree. Alrighty, so it's been another fun week talking with Leslie regarding various topics. <laughs> we'd, we'd like to um, notate that uh, we are in the process of reading this book by Matthew Walker. He's a uh, sleep specialist. The uh, book is called Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. We are going to be reviewing this book in two to three weeks' time. I've read zero pages so far, so I need to get going on it. But um, if you guys want to join us in uh, reading said book, feel free to do so. Um, it talks a lot about the importance of sleep um, and how there are certain health benefits to actually sleeping. Yeah. It also talks about how sleep deprivation negatively impacts our hunger and satiety hormones. So we'll be talking about that as well. Yes, and... Uh, next week, we'll try to bring in a guest, so it'll be fun. Is there any final thoughts? I just also want to mention that whatever we discuss on this podcast, uh, we are entitled to change our opinion about things, because I think people, like, when something's said, then people, they, I feel like it. you can never change your opinion about something. We're constantly evolving, growing, and educating ourselves, so our opinion 
is subject to change um, in light of new information. So yes, a lot of my comments were made for a comedic effect. Comedic effect. I sometimes I'm not uh, legally liable for what I'm saying, so <laughs> this is for entertainment purposes only. Right. And you know I, I'm not a big muscular dude, so I understand when people have um, certain struggles regarding body image and they have difficulty losing weight or whatever because I myself am not the Adonis type so I get it but um you know stuff takes takes work and I also understand there's issues regarding you know you're uh you're busy and then you want to go to the tribe through because jack-in-the-box tastes so good I understand two tacos are good but anyways um that's all we have for this week, and we will see you next week. Adios.